This week on Amazingly Terrible, we're watching Rickety Rocket, Episode 8, The Creepy Creature Caper. Rickety Rocket Blast Off! Yeah! You're listening to Amazingly Terrible, a podcast pointing out how problematic our favorite cartoons were when we were kids. My name's Adam. I am Matt. I'm David. This is Mike. <laughs> yay, heavy, we did it. Okay. Yeah, heavy, heavy size from the David corner. Yeah. <laughs> is I, it just I picture... because I've used, I've used this one like a few times too many? No, no, no. I, I, I'm just picturing us each in like one of the corners of the ring with our, you know, like he's just sitting on his stool with his boxing gloves. He's just like, <sighs> all right. <laughs> Time to get to work. Get back what? up. Beat the crap out of these boys. What would you be your play-in music? Oh, my play-in music. Oh, oh, that's actually a good question. Should each of us come up with one? Yeah. Oh, man. I'd love to do something like I'm an Englishman in New York by Stig. It's just, <laughs> uh, it's so pretentious and full of himself. He's like, oh, I'm a foreigner. Oh. <laughs> nice. uh, uh, sorry. Has uh, anybody even actually heard that song? No, but you described it in a way that it's funny. <laughs> I'd listen to it next. All right. Prepare to be disappointed. <laughs> I'll just listen to it and imagine you singing it. <laughs> wow. I'm, I am kind of like Sting in a lot of ways. <laughs> you both don't want to be a number two? Well, I... I <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, and the tantric sex. That probably picks something by TYR. TYR? I don't even know who that is. Tire. Yeah, uh, Tire. Uh... <laughs> They're a Norwegian metal band. Uh, okay. So they named themselves after a rune. Yes. So my intro song, it has been and always has been since I heard the song, was Soul Coughing Disseminated. Nice. Okay. It's like it's like high pitched yeah. clarinet music, basically. It sounds like something you'd hear on Cuphead. That was like all of Soul Coughing, though. I know, but that one was like very much like that. Uh, yeah, I love I loved Soul Coughing. I was a big fan. Late nineties bands. It's good times. I was honestly a big fan of uh, Collective Soul, even though they're terrible. Ah, oh, Collective Soul. Yeah. I mean, I knew it was terrible listening to it, but I was like, oh, I just love it so much, though. Do you guys remember that, like, year where I walked around singing Black Hole Sun to the point where, like, Dan was ready to shoot me in the face? I liked I, I No. No, I oh, wasn't there okay. for that year. I think we did it once while we were at the beach. I remember, like, singing it at some point in time. And Dan was just like, shut the fuck up. And I was like, what? He's like, just shut the fuck up. I was like, it's a good song. He's like, yeah, it's a good song. And you're ruining it. Shut up. 
That sounds was... like that sounds like Dan. Yeah. So Mike, Mike what's, what's there, your first song? Yeah, we're waiting. There on this were a Mike. lot of bad songs in the '90s. Speaking of bad songs, I don't. My uh, playing song would be. Uh, I think it's Usher. More. Wow. Yeah. Are you sure it's Usher more and not Cisco's thong song? No. <laughs> okay. I ha- I don't even know that song. It's like a WWE type playing. Okay. It's a it's a very clubby type music. Mm, I'm I'm pulling it up here for myself. Yeah, I'm pulling it up too to listen to it. Oh my gosh. Oh wow. This is so okay. you, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> this is awesome. Like I'm picturing you in like a sequence a no, sequence, uh, no, dress no. jacket and like a like a top hat, like almost like a Michael Jackson outfit. Coming out, dancing on the stage. It it'd be more like the cowboy, but with the the tassels on it. Okay, there we go. And and a thong. <laughs> It's so um, just a thong. It's such. I mean, I can see you dancing with with your with your big slushy <laughs> cup full of rum. <laughs> <laughs> just wear, wearing one of those hats that doesn't have a top, you know, just a visor. The visor. The hat without a top. Yeah, yeah. that's the funniest way I've ever heard it. Yeah, visor the hat without a top. Described. <laughs> It's a hat without a top. What do you, it is. Yeah. You're not wrong. It's just, it's it's just idiotic. <laughs> God, uh, that, is, that is me in my 20s. Visor and a huge thing of rum. Nice. And, nice. and, and 30s. Wrap around shut glasses. Oh, you were, that's the best. I mean, you were doing better than me. I was all like tight black jeans. Yeah. You were a hipster before it was cool. That's true. Uh, <laughs> tight black jeans are in. Uh, not anymore. They're gone. Well, they were in. Yeah, you know, I I totally could see Mike with like with like frosted tips too. Mm. Oh, I I wanted to do that right as they went out of style, and I yeah, yeah. and I'm like, I, oh, never mind. I can't do yeah. it now. I could see it. Mike would do something more subtle. He would get like it highlighted. It wouldn't be like frosted tips. It would like it would look natural and good. Yeah, it's okay. It's like it looks like he's been out on his boat. You know. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I have a feeling that frosted tips are going to come back in style just Mm -hmm. in time for us to start going salt and pepper in Mm. our hair, and then we'll be like. Well, we, then we do the opposite. We just like have gray hair with like full black tips. I don't have any. I don't. <laughs> we do I don't that. have any fucking hair. <laughs> sure you do. Yeah, you do. You got, you got plenty of hair. Mm, uh, think of how much nicer it would look when you actually just have the tips of that hair. Yeah, black. Black. Like a reverse ombre. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah, that's gonna look good. Yeah, I think so. Well, considering mullets have come back around, I'm pretty sure frosted tips are going to be coming back around sometimes. Everything soon. comes back around. So, yeah. yeah, who who would have expected the mullet? I don't know. Oh, wow. Like, I, like literally, I think it was like four years ago, I was looking around me while I was walking around um, Pike's Market, mm-hmm. and I was like, what the, is there like a convention going on or something? No. And I looked at Alex, and I was like, what's, what's up with this? And she was like, oh, no, it's just the new style. Yeah. 
This is coming back into style. I hung, I hung on to pleated pants for like 10 years, hoping they would come back. And then I finally got sick and tired of having pleated pants in my closet and threw them away. Mm-hmm. And now they're back. I hope are they? <laughs> no, no, I don't think they yeah, are. I, I don't think they are. Not yet. Not yet. That's going to be uh, late 2020s. I just always wear jeans and I don't worry about it. See, I actually wear uh, fire hose pants. <laughs> fire hose pants? Fire, fire hose pants, yeah. They're just they're... Two, two enormous tubes taped together. <laughs> with, like, with like a nozzle at the crotch. Yeah, yeah. It's like turn it off and have to go to the bathroom. Yeah. <laughs> It's like watertight, and you can fill it. You can fill it up, and it just swells. <laughs> yeah, it's good times. Yeah. Like you're a state puff marshmallow man downstairs. No, it's it's uh, it's pants made out of the same material the fire hoses are made out of. Okay. Very durable. Is this like is this like you can get a bag made out of old bicycle tires or something? Are they like parachute pants? No, no, they're like uh, you saw me wearing them. I was wearing them at RPGcation. I was wearing them at RPGcation all the time. I, is I that, don't is that why the moisture much. just wicked off you? That's why the moisture just wicked off me, yes. <laughs> why do you think that the uh, the room we were role-playing in was so steamy the whole time? Mm, oh, God. Yeah. That room was sticky for days. I'm sorry, That's man. Right. <laughs> we, we had a smoke machine going for the yeah. listeners. We weren't just masturbating everywhere. <laughs> well, we can do two things. <laughs> it can be um, yeah, I it was also a pain in the ass to deal with. So I've been looking into alternatives for yeah. getting the effect without the annoyance. And there are options, but they're not it's a mix. Yeah. 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 There are trade-offs. Yeah, everything is a trade-off. So you can do vaporization, which gives you mist that behaves a little bit like ground crawling. Uh, smoke, but it's uh, water vapor, and of course, after a while, it gets everything wet. Yeah, everything's just wet. Yeah, yeah. So you have to, you ha- so you have to have like a, which you know, if we had n- no paper at the table or like a sunken table or something like that, it wouldn't be a problem. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it wouldn't have worked with the the paper we had out. Yeah, and you definitely don't want to go with dry ice or anything like that because that will suffocate us. Uh, there's that. Yeah. There's that, and also it's it's a little dangerous. And we are, you know, we were all drinking and telling stories. It wasn't like a great environment to like pull out a chemical. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But we could. I mean, I don't know how long. <laughs> that, I don't know how long it lasts. We could. Well, I, I think that my bigger concern is that that whole suffocation issue because I mean, it, it would basically give us carbon dioxide poison. Well, it would just increase all the carbon dioxide. I would just there. think the st- like you'd get the story would get just get better and better for you. You know, probably like, as, as it, we get more and more high. Yeah, Car- yeah. carbon dioxide poisoning is actually very painful. Your body, uh, your blood starts acidifying basically, and cool. Your veins start burning. See, my my only experience with it was actually using dry ice to keep uh, walk-in coolers cold, and then walking into the cooler with the dry ice and being like suddenly feeling like very dizzy, being like, "What's going on?" Oh. And then be like, "Oh shit, I'm poisoning myself," and running out of the, out of the uh, walk-in coolers. Cool. <laughs> well, you know we're breathing twice as much carbon dioxide now as when we were born. Oh yeah, cool, nice. <laughs> this is all good news. <laughs> There's nothing but good news in here. 
the basement isn't some, you know, dingy cellar. It actually does have proper air ventilation. So, mm. Uh, mm. Uh, I question that. Yeah, I have my doubts. I think there was ventilation, but I don't know if it was going to be good enough to handle carbon dioxide of that quantity being pumped out of us. Considering uh, all of us were like sweating our balls off by the time we got to like hour two in the uh, in the game. Well, that's because so. I had the heat on. Yeah, because I thought it was going to get cold down there. It didn't really. <laughs> no. It didn't, which is why we were all sweating, and it was a balmy, like tropical rainforest. Well, you get that many, you know, you get that much ma- much masculinity together. Yeah, you get yeah. that many hot bodies. Yeah, you get Sexy so many bodies. firm hot bodies together. <laughs> <God>, stop. <laughs> stop. <laughs> stop, I can only get so hard. <laughs> I can't even... You guys are just doing anything you can to avoid this cartoon. <laughs> Damn it. Uh, so let's talk about this um, cartoon that makes me feel very uncomfortable. Uh, All right. We have to? Yeah, yeah, I think we should probably get through it just so we can get to the uh, get to the ending so that we can joke around more. Uh, I feel like we're going to have some great jokes by the end of this. I, <laughs> oof, I, I, I feel like this is a minefield that we are entering. I feel like... <laughs> Yeah, I, yeah. You, you feel like uh, four cis uh, white middle-aged men are not uh, <laughs> capable of talking about a TV show designed for African-American kids? Uh, a, a poorly designed one? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Black exploitation, one Written by two white dudes? Yeah, maybe. That might be the one. Yeah. I, I um I think this is we're podcasting on hard mode right now. Yeah, yeah, nothing can go wrong. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, Rickety Rocket aired in 1979 for one season. The premise of the show was that in the Jetsons' future, black people were still financially segregated. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh. It's cringy because well, it's true. Jesus, brutal. This is. I was gonna say that this is like the only part that like sort of enjoyed, which is like, oh, it's it's the Jetsons, but like this is what else is happening in the Jetsons, mm-hmm. and that's yeah. that that's sort of interesting. I mean, but it's really Scooby Doo. So yeah, yeah. Four black teens cobble together a flying talking car out of junk and pretend to be a Hanna-Barbera cartoon. All the main voice actors in the show are black, and they went on in their careers to do things like the Squidbillies, the White Shadow, and pornography. (laughs) Jesus. Oh, no. Which one did pornography? Yeah. Which one? And what what pornography is it? Uh, Sunstroke. Didn't even need to come up with another name. Oh nice. my gosh! Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. Do you have a question? No, um, no, 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 no. Just, just need to to find. Yeah, just, thing. just got yeah. to do some quick googling. As well. <laughs> yeah. oh, you want, you want to know the names of some of those movies? New Wave Hookers. Nice. Um, <laughs> I was wondering why he was listed first. The Devil in Miss Jones. Yankee Seduction. He plays Bo Dickman in that. Nice. <laughs> Jesus, he did a lot of porn. Holy cow, he did a lot of porn. Well, he did porn, so. <laughs> he he became known as a non-sex actor in the business. Yeah. He, he wasn't uh, performing as much in the later movies. 
The Godmother 2, The Street Driver <laughs> Saloon. Oh my. Well, this... um. Toys for Us 2. I'm not feeling any more comfortable. <laughs> yeah. You know? This, this is like even worse. It doesn't oh, feel crap. like the ice is... It doesn't feel like this sudden clear patch of ice feels like, oh, it's thicker here. No, it feels worse. <laughs> Wait, he was in Love at First Bite? I remember that. Oh, yeah. Well, <laughs> be- before doing uh, Rickety Rocket, he did uh, Sid and Marty Croft Hour. And he was in yeah. that. He was in a Kentucky Fried Movie. He Good did. times. Yeah. Mission Impossible. Looks like he played a bit part in that. Oh, he's he's on he was on Wonderbug. Oh yeah, my! Yeah, he, he he played um, he played the buggy. I believe he did the voice acting for the car. Oh dear, Wonderbug. Quite a career pivot. There's there's no winning in this episode. Uh, oh Jesus! No, I don't think there is. Yeah, this is this is one of those uh, degrading on the curve shows that was created during the transitional period of inclusion. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yep. Well, like, yeah, it's black exploitation is really just what it, what I would describe it as for, uh, yeah, essentially they, you know, like yeah. they were saying that this, the, the African-American market was suddenly quote unquote emerging. And so they just started to make the product. Yeah. But again, it's like two white guys that are putting together something that they think they're throwing something together with like a bunch of stereotypes in it rather than. Something that yeah. was actually like well thought out that might even talk about like what it is to be African American in America. Yeah, well, let's let's get into the episode. So we have a standard explaining the plot opening, mm-hmm. wherein the kids of the far out detective agency or FODs build Rickety Rocket, <laughs> who is a talking flying soapbox car. Yes, there's uh, yep. Cosmo, the smart one, Splashdown, the fat one, Venus, the girl one. Mm-hmm. And sunstroked, they'll become disillusioned with the Hollywood industry and lowers the standards for the type of work they'll accept one. Oh, dear. <laughs> <It's God>. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. And and like Fat Albert, they also seem to live in the junkyard. Yeah. I, it's just, I, I can't even, like, how did... <sighs> yeah. Yep. There's a lot going on here. It seems like it's a little too obvious too like there's no like real what am i trying to get at here there's no real like subtlety to any of the characterizations so they're like so so they're basically just creating stereotypes and reinforcing those stereotypes in an attempt to try to make it recognizable i mean it definitely is like it's interesting that the characters are all like severely flawed yeah like would you like look at scooby-doo would you say that like daphne is flawed in any way no, there's like nothing there, right? Like there's no. She's, she's just sort of vapid. Yeah, <laughs> Mike, that's that's your fantasy. What? Um, I mean, canon. same with the other characters. Like the only characters who might perhaps have flaws are Scooby and uh, Shaggy. Shaggy, because they're they're cowards. So they they take us back to like that whole Falstaff. Like we're we're identifying sure. with them because they're cowardly, and that's part of the human condition, sort of a thing. Yeah, I hate antiheroes. They're not antiheroes. They're not. Yeah, they're not. No, but just, just in general, you know. Yeah. Speaking of cowardly, flawed characters, I hate antiheroes. It's just like I don't know why people root for them. You could just go outside and root for any, you know. Anyone. I mean, like Wolverine's an antihero. That's like, and people love him. Yeah, you're you're suggesting that the Scooby Gang like puts a bullet in the in in the monster's head before they take off the mask. 
<laughs> See, now that... Oh, Jesus, no. Never yes. mind. Let's stop talking, because otherwise we're going to get, like, the Scooby-Doo reboot that goes dark and gritty like Riverdale or whatever. Uh, so. Okay. I was thinking so, more like the character of Stanley in Lex, where he's just, like, a bumbling idiot. Well, Lex is a special beast all in and of itself with the... Uh, with that anti-hero setup. I mean, it is an anti-hero. It is, like, very specific and very obvious. But it also... Uh, yeah, it's really a parody of... Yeah. 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 There you go. I, it's, it's probably got a lot more to do with, like, um, Red Dwarf. See, Red Dwarf. Now, that is a good anti-hero setup. I do like um, Rima. He's a good anti-hero. Mm. Yeah. I mean, in the books, you identify him with him more. Rima. River. Yeah. yeah, they get a lot more into his backstory. Oh, I didn't realize there was a. Uh, I didn't realize Red Dwarf had was a book beforehand before they made the TV series. Not not beforehand. Oh, here's after, afterhand. But oh, okay. Uh, but honestly, I think the book's better. I'll have to check it out. They can definitely go into more nuances in the book. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, we open on a purple DC-8 flying through space. It's <laughs> yeah. It's its engine stalls out and falls down towards Earth. Do you, do you think that this is like the work? This is early Scientologists. <laughs> uh, this is like Elrond Hubbard. Yeah, yeah. Coming uh, back Battlefield after Thetans. Yeah, with seven sevens that fly through space. Yeah, yeah. Hey, I'd watch it. The far-out detectives are looking through a telescope and see the smoking ship crash into a swamp. No, it is a telescope that's coming out of Rickety Rocket. Yeah. Rickety Rocket, I mean, he solves all problems. That's his shtick. He, yeah, he's their deus ex machina. He's their Groot. Yeah. Yeah, sure. But um, I do like the fact that Rickety Rocket then has to position the telescope to look through it with his headlight eyes. Like, mm -hmm. he can't actually, like, use the telescope to look. He has to You mean like actually position... Like, there's no sensory equipment inside the telescope for him to register the information coming through it. He right. has to actually, like, put it up to his eye. So I was like thinking that he could, like... Human in that regard. He could subsume the telescope into his own being and, and reform, rebuild his eye around it. Yeah, I mean, that would have also been much more interesting and complex of a character design that they probably couldn't get away with in this era. Yeah. Probably mainly because they just didn't think of it, so... Yeah, it's probably funnier to draw him looking through it. Well, it's also supposed to be made out of junk. Right. Maybe that's why they didn't give him hands. Like, any robot that has hands, wouldn't it constantly be, re like, playing with itself? Rebuilding yes. itself? I was just going to make a comment all about... Yeah, yeah, that too. Like, if you had the chance to, like, uh, you know... Constantly tweak your, your own telescope, body? Yeah, would you not be sucking off your telescope? <laughs> something like that yeah well I would, one I would of the be problems like, i would be constantly carving fat off my belly but one of the problems with rickety rocket is if you give him hands they show throughout this episode that he is a horny motherfucker so he would just be fondling <laughs> the main female Venus. character the entire time so yeah yeah he, he it's very odd that he has a libido at all as he's you yeah. know yeah. a genderless automaton Machine. yeah but it is his primary motivation, besides fear. Yeah. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah. cowardly. He is cowardly as well, so. Anyway. He's just yeah. a very horny coward. That's the reason why we can relate with him so much. <laughs> just so like much. Stanley from Lex. <laughs> yeah, Stanley exactly. from Lex, exactly. 
Yeah. yeah. Uh, I like okay. that. I like that. That's our point of reference. That's how obscure <laughs> our fucking pop uh-huh. culture knowledge. How refined it is. I'm you just that, amazed that, that everyone knows British what show Lex is. That, they, that weird British show they remade. Oh, I know what it is. <laughs> yeah, it's not British. It's Canadian. Mm-hmm. Oh, it oh right. yeah. I thought it was British. I thought the first. Uh... You can tell because the uh, the assassin character always goes to sleep in a vat of maple syrup. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's yeah, what that was. Okay. It's it's a Canadian German joint venture. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Uh, Zena Seberg is uh, so, was German. So the first few episodes must have been German then, because those are the ones that actually had the real nudity in it. And then they remade it for sci-fi and toned it well, down a little bit. Well, the first few yeah. episodes were for, like for Showtime. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. Mm. Oh. Jesus Christ. How much of this have we cut? Season three has some decent nudity in it, too. Oh, We're still going. Is is that when it went back to Showtime, or was that when it was directed to They were like, fuck it, we know we're getting canceled. You know, it it must have always been Showtime, because I only, like, saw that when I was, like, traveling and staying in a hotel. Oh, no, it was on the Sci-Fi Network for a little while. Maybe Mm. they, like... Syndicated it on sci-fi. It, a, on. it it has a tortured history. Yeah, huh. yeah. It seemed like it was bouncing around between different production companies. Mm. God, God knows why it got so many chances, but you know, it did. I don't know why I kept on watching it. <laughs> there, was, there was nothing else. Boobies. <laughs> I know exactly why. You you were like fresh out of high school, and it was boobies. Pretty much. That's how it was before the internet, kids. Oh, <laughs> That's how it was. That's how it was. You perverts got it easy these days. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uphill both ways. I mean, I'm sorry, I meant to say, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Got it easy. Okay. All right. So <laughs> we, we see a guy trudging through the swamp when he receives a FaceTime on his amulet. <laughs> that he does he and looks like, like he would fit right into a um, My Little Pony episode I, I do like the fact that his uh, flashlight was making like laser noises too while he was walking around <laughs> uh, that was pretty good pretty good uh, full effect there mm-hmm. yeah we are meeting Nebulous and Dr. Remus who are UFO hunters and some of the most bizarrely designed characters <laughs> they're, they're us they're middle aged they, white men <laughs> they are us. When when I first saw them, yes. the first thing I thought of was uh, Aqua Teen Hunger Force. They look like characters from Aqua Teen Hunger Force. Yeah, they do. Yeah. Yeah. Nebulous is wearing a sand-colored outfit with thigh-high leather boots and forearm-length leather gloves. It looks martial, but like like, like uh, you guard the queen kind of martial. Yeah. It looks like he's wearing like a the most bizarre headpiece. It almost looks yeah. like it's it's not a helmet, but it's rather like a foreign legion hat. Yeah. It's like a it's a pill it's a pillbox hat with built in ear flaps. And, and a visor. Yeah, the yeah, the old person magnifying magnifying visor. Yeah. yeah. You know what would have made this hat a lot better is if it didn't have a top. Yeah, if it didn't have a top. <laughs> yeah. That would have really improved it. Uh-huh. And a double breasted beard. And did you say did you say a double breasted beard? Yes. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. He, he's got a forked beard. And he, honestly, he has, he has like a reverse Fu Man shoot, basically. Both of them have really great mustaches. Both of yeah. them. Yeah, that's true. That's yeah, true. Dr. Remus has the head of Tobias Funke. Yeah. 
<laughs> a neck brace, uh, the voice of a lifelong smoker, and a purple robe with shoulder pads that is left open. Yep. Yeah. yeah. He definitely has he definitely has a kimono left open. He's got they've got those future shoulders that you used to have, you know, in, in the pulp from the forties and fifties where the shoulder has been inflated with, you know, helium or something to, to make it into a puffy. <laughs> yeah, when is that coming back? When are those going to come back? Yeah, that would be cool, man. Yeah. yeah. Had, like, had like the uh, the planetary discs wrapped around your shoulders. Yeah. <laughs> I have to say, when I saw these characters, I thought to myself, is this what black people think white people look like? <laughs> oh, Jesus. Oh, no. <laughs> no. I mean... No, no, this is what white people think black people think white people look like. It's actually what it is. Wow, wow. It's the triple <laughs> fake. I'll give you this. They look affluent. They, they like, they they seem to be fashionable of the, like, didn't you get that feeling? They're fashionable yeah. of the period. Mm-hmm. But no, they did look, they did look uh, affluent, like, professorial almost. A yeah. person of, like, in a position of power due to intellect. Well, sort of they're kind of like they're kind of wearing like upscale versions of what the mayor is wearing, really. Yeah, yeah, because okay. yeah. they meet the mayor. Yeah, we yeah we immediately cut to these two characters meeting with the mayor of Lunaville, who appears to be a French officer from the Napoleonic Wars. Yeah, nice, nice. <laughs> He's meeting at their house, which is just like their base of operations is basically like a yurt on a stick. Yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, they refer to it as a camp. But it's still like on a forty foot pole. Yeah. It's yeah, up it's, out of a swamp. It's still yeah. on a Jetsons golf tee. Yeah, yeah. So so the mayor looks like Jean Luc Picard, but more Jean Luc than Picard. <laughs> <laughs> he looks he looks like one and a half Jean Luc's. <laughs> he looks like if Jean Luc Picard and Worf had a baby. Mm. Almost. They no. almost had a baby. <laughs> no, almost that's, that's pregnant. This is this is my this is my almost baby. <laughs> oh, gross! I'm that's just showing disgusting. you, like I'm just showing you an empty crib. It's just like a sock. Oh no! <laughs> <laughs> wow! Now we're getting sad. That <sighs> went to a place. <laughs> so, uh, all right. The mayor is concerned that the crashing of the spaceship may have disturbed the local crypto swap monster. Right. Dr. Remus is dismissive of the monster idea, but agrees to hire more help to speed up the search for the crash ship. Now, did they at this point in time identify anything that was in the crash ship? That's not until the very no. end, right? No. Right. They just okay. say they're looking for this crash ship. Okay. Yeah, this seems to be an old Earth spaceship that Somehow, like, circled the solar system and came back. Oh, so it's like, uh, Sing, Sing, uh, Khan? Khan you Sing? Sing you Khan? Yeah. There you go. It's like Khan ship. It's like the Nebuchadnezzar. No, not Nebuchadnezzar. What's the name of it? <laughs> Jesus. What is the name of Khan ship? Uh, the Khan. The Khan? No. Uh, he's always like, I have the Khan. The greenhouse? <laughs> no. <laughs> Like that? Con, no. Con Union song. Not at all. His ship was called... The thing that uh, Chekhov was, like, repeating? Yeah, he repeated it over and over again. I can't, God, I can't remember. Don't understand why I can't remember it. I don't, I don't understand why you can't Google it. 
I am um, Googling it. That's the problem. It's not I don't, <laughs> I don't understand why we're talking about this. Okay. The regular one, it's the, it wasn't the Reliant, because that's what they took over. Oh, Jesus so, Christ. So we cut to the FODs on their way to the swamp. Cosmo explains that they've been hired to find the spaceship and the swamp monster. Which I appreciate the efficiency of storytelling here. Yeah. Not later, but here. Yeah, just, just <laughs> in this moment. Yeah. Yeah, upon hearing about the swamp monster, Rickety turns around and starts heading home. Here we find out how manipulative Cosmo is and how stupid Rickety is. This is one of many times when Cosmo is a, a bastard. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. He's the worst. Yeah, he is absolutely the worst. Although he is like the only voice acting that I like in this entire And he's also the, the only character with any agency, but he, he is yeah, a terrible yeah. person. Like he he uses his intellect to basically put everybody else in horrible positions. Yeah, and send his <laughs> send his like tell his friends to get out of the car and be bait, yeah. basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We'll, like we'll get there. We'll get there. Yeah. Okay. So they turn a corner and come face to face with the swamp monster. Yeah, just lickety split. So Matt, what's that? What's that thing in the Witcher that the swamp monster looks like? <laughs> Botany Bay. The Botany Bay. Jesus Christ. Jeez. Uh, See, Greenhouse was close. Greenhouse was close. You got the body part. Yeah. Botany Bay. Does he look like a Leshen? There you go. Yeah. This guy, actually, I felt like he stepped right out of, like, an old 1940s cartoon where he was Monster of the Week type deal. Yeah. Like Creature from the Black Lagoon. This is something that Felix the Cat would fight. (laughs) <laughs> okay okay yeah i can see that i can see that i'd say this is out of like a 1940s monster movie where they just like yeah put somebody dra- rubber drape draped kelp over someone yeah yeah they just they're they discovered that new technology the ghillie suit yeah it's it's yeah. they drape kelp over them but in order to actually put it on they first slather them up in the most toxic substance they can find right and then put the kelp yeah. on top of them yeah so Cosmo realizes they have no plan for what to actually do if they caught the monster. So Riggedy turns around and flees into an abandoned general store. Yes. The monster is chasing them and shoots tiny beams from its pointed index fingers of both hands. <laughs> this this was an unexpected twist that yes. it had wizard powers. <laughs> yeah. It definitely was. Yeah. It, it's was. weird because it's clearly a smarts move and the monster is built like a might type. <laughs> it's, oh, like, yeah. it's, it's like the wrong attack card got shuffled into his deck there <laughs> we go Yep, nice, that's nice. some deep nerding <laughs> yeah the swamp monster follows them into the general store so Rickety and Splashdown pretend to be store employees and try to sell the swamp monster junk Yes, I, I loved it because this is real cartoon shit going on here yeah. <laughs> I, I do like this part too this does seem like some type of shit that we would do in one of our games as this, well, so. this feels like the first instance of them just be like just vamp for time vamp for time, yeah. <laughs> vamp for time. Yep. nice yeah they're trying to make a bluff check against a questionably sentient fungus and yeah. eventually the ruse falls apart and everyone retreats right which they could have done right away right yeah I, I do like the bit of them mowing the creature and then trying to stick the parts back on by dousing him in maple syrup and, yeah and then just throw a green basic, at him. yeah basically covering him in marijuana yeah <laughs> <laughs> so 
So now the FODs report back to <laughs> Nebulous and Dr. Remus. With everyone together, let's talk about the voices going on here. Go. Okay. Oh, oh my. So Cosmo has a Caribbean accent. Sorta. Venus sounds like Edith Bunker. Yeah, I feel like I feel like her Venus. I feel like her voice acting is actually the most egregious out of all of them. Like that's the one that sounds like the most, most like a stereotype. She's my favorite character. Me. Oh, is she? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> by far. I love how self confident she is. <laughs> <laughs> and Nebulous is clearly being voiced by Optimus Prime. Nebulous reporting. Nothing so far, but you know how big Lunar Swamp is. The FODs head back to the swamp and run across a strange house with smoke coming from the chimney. And the house looks like a wizard's hat, I do have to say. This is another total vamp for time. Yep. There's... Yeah, yeah. there's a weird scene here where Venus and Rickety are flirting. Yeah. Yeah, and Venus goes in... Uh, yeah, they go... They spy on the um, the cabin and see that there's a hermit in it. Yeah. Well, he, he's a... Uh... He's an alchemist, right? So, I mean, he's clearly a wizard. Like, yeah, from like the first time they show him, they're like, yeah. "Ah, that's a wizard." He, he is. He is clearly a not aged well Gargamel. Yeah, this... yeah. <laughs> Gargamel, the later years. Yeah, unlike all the other characters, this guy's outfit is thematically cohesive. He's got a long, a long white beard and like purple robes. Yeah, but yeah. what is he doing in the future? Like, what? He's His house is full of like cauldrons. <laughs> he's a time traveler. I like that. Yeah, it's great. Actually, it's I think I think he's actually just he's a retired iron chef. Is really what it is. <laughs> and those he's, cauldrons are just like him. Yeah, yeah. What he uses to make his he's, uh, he's rendering special dishes. Yeah, he's he's rendering the bones in order to make delicious pho. That's right. He's he's rendering tallow from that fungus he found out in the swamp. Mm. Actually, he's a hipster. And that's just how they dress in the future. That's how they dress now. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. They Wizards don't ropes. change. Yeah. yeah. They're, they dress like 14th century monks. So Venus and Rickety walk into the wizard's house, and he isn't angry that his solitude has been disturbed. He isn't even curious about who they are. He just yeah. starts doing bits at them. Yeah. yeah he just, yeah. He just yeah, it's he just really like does. non sequitur after non sequitur. He's like, I'm so excited to have an audience for my dad jokes. I yes, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> it makes me makes me question if being a hermit was his decision. <laughs> <laughs> is this like a disturbing glimpse into our futures? This, basically, no, no. This is this is what prison is like in the future. Oh, they just put <laughs> you, they in, the just put of you in a swamp. Nice. They give you magic powers, put you in a swamp. Forced you to be there by yourself. Even though Venus is a terrible stereotype, this I enjoyed her like self confidence here in yeah, that she, she like, goes right in to solve the problem. And and kind of she also kind of like does a little bit of well, obviously she flirts with Rickety Rocket to uh get him on her side, but it seems like she does like a little bit of flirting with the uh, Herbert as well. No, she says she's going to. Like that's <laughs> she that's her express strategy. Yeah. Yeah. He reveals where the spaceship is. And and the FODs or far out detectives head off. They get they have to go east. That's the takeaway information. And this is yep. I, I, this whole thing is I, I don't understand. Like they needed something to kill time in this episode, and they're like, just put a wizard in it. I don't give a shit, you know. Or yeah. like, you know what? We already have a wizard animated. We'll just reuse that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's probably what happened. 
So in the next scene, we see the spaceship, but the swamp monster walks over to it and drags it into the bushes to hide it. Yeah. So Rickety is having trouble flying, but Cosmo comes up with a plan. His plan is to have Rickety come up with a plan. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yep. Yeah. I did like that. I mean, it's it's again Cosmo abusing his friends and, uh, you know. Yeah, basically applying. Pr- you know, he he leads by by creating pressure, putting pressure on people. Yeah, but but I did kind of enjoy that though. So Rickety deploys his pontoons, turning him into a fan boat, and comments about how smart Cosmo is. Yep. Mm. A tree falls in in their path, and the swamp monster starts advancing on them while they are trapped under the branches. Commercial break! Cosmo puts his plan into action again, and Rickety deploys a saw and cuts everyone free. Yeah, in a scene we don't see the most, we don't see most of. He just puts out a saw, and then the next scene, oh, everything's cut. Yeah, it's it's not a... It's not an electric saw. It is a hand saw, mm-hmm. literally. Right. He has an arm attached to a little saw that he has to move back and forth to cut. And he's doing all this while getting shot at by Swamp Monster lasers while the Swamp yeah. Monster is running at the yes. full speed. Yes. <laughs> everyone, everyone is now fleeing from the monster in his tiny finger beams. Cosmo decides they should, they should split up to confuse the monster. And there's more flirting between Venus and Rickety about how they're going to go off together. So yeah. the result is Cosmo dumps out Splashdown and Sunstroke as decoys while he yeah. and Venus continue to escape the flying car. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, my car can fly, so you, dumb one and fat one, you can get out here. That was good. I did like that a lot. I, I get, this was, like, very, to me, very weird. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah. He's just like, well, I've sent them to their death, basically. It's like, it doesn't really make a lot of sense, but, you know. I always enjoy it when you split the party. Right. Any chance I get to split the party, I always like that. It's it's fun for everybody. Especially the DM. So everyone stumbles upon the spaceship and hides inside without realizing it's what they're looking for. Mm, That's right. The swamp monster is outside and sticks his arm through a broken window. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) This is a real horror movie scene where Ricky is cowering in the corner while the arm from off-screen blindly gropes for him. Yeah, he reaches into his mouth. Yeah. Yeah, the hand opens his mouth wide enough that we can see his engine inside. And it also opens a compartment full of money before retreating. Yeah. And man, this is when I was like, oof, the plot thickens. <laughs> Unexpected. It's gone from water to slightly thicker water. Yeah. Oh, a petty crime has been committed. Yeah. So the FODs start investigating the money. Cosmo takes a close look at one of the bills and states that it's a counterfeit. He claims he's he knows this because he can tell the difference between fake and real money and not because the plates he used to pr- print the bills are sitting right <laughs> on top of the pile of money. <laughs> yes. yes. Yeah. Also, I assume that they have the swamp monster's face on them. <laughs> with the discovery of phony money, the FODs now suspect they are dealing with a phony swap monster. They head back to report to Dr. Remus that they found the spaceship. The doctor isn't home, but they find a counterfeit bill at his place. Mm-hmm. Cosmo does some more planning and some more cosmoing, 
Yeah, selling out his friends. Yeah. <laughs> and they dis- dis- decide to disguise Rickety as th- as a monster to make the fake monster confess. Makes sense. Yeah. I'm, I'm on board. Totally Comple- makes sense. Completely sensical. That's I mean, how that's yeah. how they got Al, Al Capone. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. We, he Al Capone was like, "Oh, you're another mob boss. Let me tell you about my tax fraud." Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, <laughs> look at duplicate Al Capone. I do like them dressing up Rickety Rocket like a monster because it does have a certain amount of automation involved, where the uh, the fat character presses his belt and an arm comes out of the fat character's stomach. Revealing yeah. <laughs> that he's an advanced android this whole time. Which makes sense as to why he was able to keep up running speed with the skinny guy that he was dropped off with. So. Yeah. I like how he only pressed one button. Mm-hmm. And the button knows to disguise Rickety Rocket in Moss. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, a, it's a macro he's got programmed in. Yeah. Yeah. Just to be on the safe side. I mean, or that's like his that's his fetish, you know. He's actually like a bit of a furry, but like he has to turn the other person into a furry, so Oh do you, he but he it's like a furry but he's into plants. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. What would that be? A ferny? A ferny? <laughs> oh, God. Nice. That's horrible. Ferny Sanders. <laughs> yeah. Do you think this is like Cosmo like doing something nice for him? He like knows that's his friend's fetish and he's like, okay. Each episode, I work in one of your different fetishes <laughs> to how we solve the problem. I see, you've got, I see that you've got 69 buttons on that belt, so let's just start working through those fetishes. <laughs> yeah. So they find Dr. Remus, but he's dressed as Dr. Remus. <gasps> yeah. And when the FODs confront him, Dr. Remus reveals that he's actually a government agent on a top secret mission. Yeah. Yep. And they immediately and implicitly trust him. <laughs> I would. He said he's from the government. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. He'd tell me if he was a narc. <laughs> and there's no reason for African-American people to be suspicious of government officials. Oh. So. There's nothing at all suspicious about the government trying to cover up a transport full of illicit materials that breaks down in a low-income area. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, first they try to blow it up. And when that doesn't work, they just set it on fire. They tell everybody, oh, the toxic fumes are coming off. They're fine, even though all the fish are dying. And then they go to a random person's home and pretend to drink the tap water. Yes, exactly. (laughs) This is good tap water. Mm, Comes out so cold. Delicious. I love water with a little gray in it. Why is this tap water spicy? We're in in the end game now. We now have the uh, monster show up while they're looking at Dr. Robotnik, whatever the fuck his name is. Remus. There you go. Remus. So it proves that Dr. Remus is not the monster. Right. Well, just then the real monster shows up and scares everyone but Rickety away. And we get some real Bugs Bunny shit going on here. Yeah, and he chases Rickety around shooting his hand lasers. We get some duck soup stuff going on here because Rickety's also dressed as a monster. Duck soup, yeah. But we're getting some uh, Bugs Bunny shit as in like... uh, Well, I guess it is duck soup. Him... Trying yeah, but, to uh, yeah. mine well, the monster to make it okay. seem like he's looking in a mirror. I, I guess Bugs Bunny was doing duck soup. and Yes, exactly. exactly. So they do some mirror gags before the monster becomes enraged and starts chasing Rickety. He's so mad now that he's shooting tiny beams of energy from all of his fingers. Yeah, yeah. Mm, that's right. <laughs> and he burns it the monster's guys off Rickety. Rickety deploys a mirror 
and deflects the next blast to burn the Monster Skies off Nebulous, <gasps> who is now revealed as the Scooby-Doo villain under the Swamp Monster disguise. By process of illumination, we finally got there. Well, we, we, we kind of have to assume that the mayor of Luna City, Lunaville, is a recurring character. I have to, I guess so, but but it could have been him. He's the only other character left. Oh, no, there's still the wizard. It could have been the wizard. Could have been the wizard, yeah. You're right. Oh, I forgot about that wild card wizard. <laughs> Everyone confronts Nebulous, who reveals that his real name is Buck Osborne. <gasps> Buck Osborne. For some reason, everyone recognizes this as the name of the forger. That's because the uh, the doctor said he was going after the this guy. Oh, he did say Buck Osborne. Yeah, he's going after Buck okay. Osborne. It was yeah. really quick. No, yeah, See, no, I, it was blink, you miss it. I just assumed. I assumed that all the uh, counterfeit money actually had his face on it. And it just said, <laughs> in Osborne, in Buck Osborne, we trust. So. Right, yeah. <clears throat> It's um, it's his eye on top of the pyramid. That's how they yeah. they were like looking at it closely, and they're like, ah, it's I can see that it's it's modeled on your eye. I you have see. green eyes, <laughs> like that, exactly. And it all ends with idiots laughing at nothing. Rickety rocket. <laughs> And then we have like several different vignettes from uh, or outtakes from other Rickety Rocket episodes as our Yeah, this outro. is like a weird montage before the end credits. Yeah, it's very strange. When they could have been explaining how Nebulous was shooting energy blasts from his hands and yes. how he dr- and how he could drag a freaking spaceship with his bare hands. Yeah, That's and right. why he didn't just open it and take the money when he first got the spaceship. Oh, why didn't he just pick up the spaceship and take it home with him if he could, if he was that strong? Yeah, and exactly what was his plan with the monster? My my question is, what was his plan with the money? Since it was obviously counterfeit, if anybody saw it immediately, thought it was counterfeit. Well, it's not very good counterfeit money. Not everybody's as smart as Cosmo, you know. He might find some. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. He'd take it over to the Jetsons. Yeah, (laughs) that's fair. They're a bunch of easy to con people. Yeah, they're not very street smart. All right. So what did we think of this episode? Oh, so problematic. Oh, really awful. Horrible. Yeah. Yes. Just so many things wrong with it. I did like Cosmo, though. And I, I really did like Cosmo's delivery of different lines, like the, the choices the voice actor made. Yes. I did I did like the rickety rocket. And he, like the enunciation that he did while he was talking. I felt like that was like a Malcolm X thing and it made me uncomfortable. Oh, oh do you think so? Um, I don't know, but yeah, I, I, at a certain point I thought about that and I was like, Ooh, that makes me feel, uh, very uncomfortable. Now, do you think this is like how Cosmo actually talks or is it an addict, an affectation the character is doing? Oh, it's like some sort of code switching. Like (laughs) along along with all of his other, uh, manipulations. Like he's using that as a means to, to like persuade the people around him to make them think he's smarter than he really is. I mean, he's clearly a sociopath who pretends for affection for his creations, but hates them <laughs> as well as all I can people. See that. Yes, I like that. I like that. He pretends so he really, to have he really is a sadist. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's a psychopath, he, a proper psychopath. Yeah, but he's he's so smart that he's like I have. I need to pretend that I have emotional responses. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. He he uh, I, he was well acted. I agree with you. 
but he's like I said, just fucking psychotic. Yeah. No, no, yeah. yeah. Like the character itself is definitely, definitely, pretty crazy. And then the other characters are one-dimensional. Yeah. I think that it would be pretty interesting, like if we if we could flush out those characters a little bit more. You know. I don't. Venus tr- is actually Venus is actually like independently wealthy. Comes from a well-to-do family. <laughs> I don't like, trust the writers of this to flesh Cosmo, out those characters. Cosmo actually like swindled her out of her inheritance in order to build Rickety Rocket, and that's the whole reason why he was hanging out with her. And then to his surprise, Rickety Rocket actually came to life and was like, "Well, shit, I've got to go along with this now," until you know, I can fake Rickety Rocket's death and then move on to You think you think Rickety Rocket's insured? Do you think he has auto insurance or life insurance? Well, both. <laughs> I, I think he's found some sort of loophole. It's yeah. cosmic. Oh, that's probably it. Right? Yeah. yeah, he probably has double insured him. I, I bet you what's Ow. happened is he was experimenting <laughs> on the fat guy, building the fat guy's. I couldn't even remember his name. It's not Splashdown. Splashdown. He was uh, experimenting on Splashdown to give Splashdown a robot body to be <laughs> able to create the loophole that allows for a piece of machinery to also be considered a human because he's human shaped and was born human but turned into machinery to then put that into play for Rickety Rocket. That's the whole reason why he hangs out with Splashdown now. Now, why is he hanging out with Sunbeam? I think, I think I think they're all his creation, except for Venus. Except for Venus. He's okay. created all of these friends. Venus seems to hate him. Yeah, that's the reason why. <laughs> that's why I he like her. her money. Yeah. yeah. It's one of the reasons I like her, because she really despises him. I guess it's supposed to be meet cute or something like that, but she really does not like Cosmo. Yeah. No, I wonder if, like, Sunbeam was another experiment that he went into where he was trying to make, like... Sunbeam. Sunstroke. I'm sorry, Sunstroke. (laughs) Sunstroke. Yeah, even better. Sunstroke was actually... He died. He died when they flew into the sun because he sent him into the sun first as a uh, precursor to, like, some other adventure they were going on. And Sunstroke died, and that's why they call him Sunstroke, and he rebuilt Sunstroke's body using a... uh, and downloaded some scraps his memories. Of, some scraps of human he found in the junkyard and then downloaded his memories into the new human body. Yeah. So that's like why Sunstroke is there as a uh, side character. And he had to, he had to actually like he had to dramatically turn down his intelligence so that he didn't expire from the horror of his continued existence as an animated exactly. corpse. Exactly. Yeah. So I think that he has insurance policies out on everybody. Uh, it's and and probably. Venus is the only person that's keeping Cosmo in check and preventing him from actually cashing out by killing anybody. You think her sole presence on accident? She, he's like, I can't murder any of any of these foul, my foul creations until Venus is dealt with. Yes. So and who? Like she's she's always there, just like keeping an eye on him and keeping him in check. And he's waiting for the moment when he can reprogram Rickety Rocket to murder her. <laughs> But then he loses the insurance on Rickety Rocket if Rickety Rocket dies, maybe. Yeah, I don't know where my policy is, to be honest. I do it all online, yeah. so I guess I can find it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, that's the problem is, like, all the information is inside Rickety Rocket because he had to use the house computer <laughs> to make him. Oh, so. he, he put it in the glove box. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah. Which on Rickety Rocket is a paper shredder. See, this all makes sense now. I'm back on board. Let's watch this thing. Let's keep it off. <laughs> wow. Fuck me. <laughs> I don't know where we went, and it was a hell of a ride. All that headcanon really reminded me of the One Universe Theory. I yeah. hope none of our listeners were offended. Yeah. That we brought back the One Universe Theory. 
<laughs> if you were offended by what Adam said, write into monotonously terrific at amazelyterrible.com. You could be nice. the first. <laughs> Actually, have, have we ever gotten mail? No. David, have we gotten like well, uh, junk mail or anything? Not even oh, junk we got, mail. Oh, we get junk mail. Uh, okay, good. On the I junk mean, as long as you're getting junk mail. Oh, may- maybe our junk filters, because so we're getting so many emails from so many different people. Maybe our junk filters are filtering them out. That's, I think that's what it is. Yeah, that's, that's exactly got to be it. Yeah. We, we, we got some sort of Canadian award email. That, uh, <laughs> nice. <laughs> Canadian podcast awards. <laughs> we won a Juno. <laughs> nice. You know what we need to do? We need to set up an auto response from that email address that just like has the Amazingly terrible podcast URL embedded in it. And just basically I, spam anybody that's sending us messages. They, no one, they're not going to care. I, I, I don't see how someone would have that email address and not have the address for the podcast. <laughs> that's fair. <laughs> that's fair. Adam's just trying to turn all of our, all, all the people marketing into us, like jujitsu, the marketing back to them. That's all I'm trying to do. Yeah. That's all I'm trying to do. You're trying to, to judo throw them. That's right. I feel like this is like keeping a fucking pet tiger in your apartment if we allow <laughs> ourselves to retain. It's, it's you know, like it's at this point we're Saudi princes with a cheetah that lives with us, you know. like but, we, but, but Matt, think of it. If we roll it again, we get to choose the episode. <laughs> No. Yeah, I, I I feel like this was actually a pretty good episode. Like, I, I think we gambled in one, and now we need to step away from the table. <laughs> we, need, we need to not yeah. double down. We got the yeah. winning hand on this. Nice. Yeah, nice. for this series, I, yeah, I think this episode was the one here. So, in its defense, I will say it moved along fairly quickly. I didn't really ever get bored. I wasn't interested, but I didn't, you know, I wasn't like bored because your mind was in yeah. recoil like is re- recoiling in horror yeah there's that but the blatant and horrid racism is breathtaking it's pretty bad yeah like when i first when we first wrote this i was like fuck this is gonna screw us <laughs> and then i started watching it and i was like well you know this isn't this isn't so bad and then I finished watching it, and I was like, okay, it wasn't as bad as I was expecting, but that's still pretty bad. And I was like, oh, it seemed like there was some pretty good voice acting in it, though. And then David disabused me of the professionalism of the actors involved. Hey, <laughs> no, he was he was talented. Oh, yeah. Well, one of them went on to do Squidbillies. <laughs> Which one went uh, on to do that bastion of quality. Uh, Co- Cosmo. Cosmo? He's oh, the okay. mayor in Squidbillies. Or the nice. sheriff. Sorry, the sheriff. Nice. So not Jack Baker? No. Bobby F. Ellerby. I like him. Well, I don't. Well, who cares what you don't like? I care. So who's voting to keep it? <laughs> Mike, what's your opinion? Uh, I think it's trash, and I think we've done it enough favors favors by just airing it on our podcast that has two listeners uh yeah there is kind of like uh this should die and we don't need to perpetuate it as a as as like a a moral imperative like like it is an artifact from a bygone era that does not need to be 
maintains in the least bit. Unless it gets us clicks. Right. Unless it gets us clicks. I think even if it gets us clicks. I don't think we want... Those are bad clicks, Mike. Yeah. Oh, like high school clicks. That's the bad kind of attention. (laughs) (laughs) Those are the type of guys that uh, that talk about being Uh red-pilled. Ugh, yeah. And, you know, they're concerned about men's rights. I took both pills. (laughs) Like, fuck you, <laughs> yeah. take- I'm just picturing Morpheus like in front of Mike with the two hands out, like choose. And then Mike takes them both and just starts convulsing on the ground, <laughs> foam coming out of his mouth. I like the, I like the idea that he's got a plan though. Mike's like, mm, red pill first. That'll bring me up, and then when I need to go back to work, <laughs> the blue to bring me back down. Yeah, perfectly nice. balanced, as things <laughs> should be. <laughs> yeah. Mike would be the guy on the Nebuchadnezzar complaining (laughs) that he needs to go to work (laughs) in the Matrix. (laughs) Oh man, I gotta clock in. (laughs) (laughs) It's like your version of Animal Crossing, basically. (laughs) (laughs) Mike's just like sitting in his computer doing a spreadsheet, and everyone's like, why are you wearing a trench coat and sunglasses, Mike? <laughs> <laughs> oh, crap. I your forgot intro, to your intro music's playing. <laughs> <laughs> Ushers in the background. Hell yeah. I like it. I like yeah. that. I want to watch that show. Next <laughs> <laughs> uh, version of the Matrix. I like it. Yeah. That'd be good. Uh, M- Mal- Mike balances the Matrix budget. <laughs> no one would ever want to watch that. I would watch that. I'd love it. <laughs> oh, thanks. You're welcome, buddy. <sighs> yeah, it, it's dead to us. Yeah, as it yeah, should be yeah. to all mankind. Let's let it go. Well, Let's let it die. Ruby Spears did a lot of things wrong, and this might be the worst. Oh, <sighs> yeah. That's pretty bad. Mm. Oh, no, no. I, I'm thinking Hanna-Barbera. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty bad. Yeah. I've seen worse. <laughs> <laughs> but not by much. Do you mean like the the, the Popeye cartoons for the 40s where he, he, he defeats the Japanese the Japanese Navy? Is that, are, is that what you're thinking of? <laughs> it, it could be that one, too. Those are pretty bad. Yeah. I was just thinking of like most of the Disney movies back in the before the, in the like 50s, back in the 60s. Yeah, mm-hmm. totally. Oh, true. yeah, I've been watching Tailspin. It is a lot more Porco Rosso in the opening, like pilot movie. Uh, yes, yeah. the opening movie. But most of the episodes are about how Rebecca needs to apologize. Really? Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh man, she's because because she's the one that's she was the one that came in and rescued Baloo's company. By buying it and basically giving him the money to get out of debt, and then she's yeah. just constantly wrong. So, mm-hmm. you, yeah. so you're basically saying this show hates women, is what? Yeah, Delspin. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yuck! That sucks. I was also thinking the uh, Wild Ward of Disney that like completely fucked up generations of people about misconceptions related to animals, just because it was good footage. Oh yeah, where they they ran the livings off the cliff, right? This is just guys up there with push brooms. No, it was somebody with a jeep that was like literally like chasing the lemmings to force them off the. Yeah, they're hurting the them. Yeah, they 
And it said, oh, this is a crazy phenomenon. The head Lenny, when he commits suicide, everybody will follow him. And it's like, no, you basically just murdered a bunch of lemmings for a bit, basically, an old-timey bit. <laughs> and then for many years, people had this misconception misconception about lemmings. I mean, they built a whole video game about it. I know. That was a fun video game, though. Really <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. David... Help us escape. Well, yeah. Help us what, escape. What, 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 we're, I think we're going into what, reverse David. retcon now, David. <laughs> David, what? how how are you voting? What are you voting? Oh, I told you. I, I, we should we should get out while we're ahead. I don't even think we're ahead. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we're probably not. But yeah, we should just get out. We should just get out. <laughs> get out. So, David, what do you want to change on the list? an insurmountable pile of wonderful awfulness i am going to lock in episode eight of the bugaloos oh Oh. no (laughs) okay that that is i don't even know what the bugaloos are horror it's pure it's a it's a sid marty croft thing oh Oh, man it's my worst fucking nightmare no no that's the it, yeah, yes. it, it, it's still on the uh, live action list. Oh no! <sighs> oh yes. This. Wait, the Bugaloos was the thing that uh, Sunstroke was in, right? No, no, he, he was in Wonder Beam or Wonder something. Oh, yeah, there's okay. like the Sid and Marty Croft Wonder Hour, something like that. Yeah, gotcha, gotcha. What is our next segment? Well, normally it'd be reverse retcon. So we're not doing a reverse retcon since we already have a lineup? Well, no. We have a uh, milestone coming up. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> what is it? Okay, you guys did that. Yeah, episode 69. Uh, yeah, yeah. The sex number. <laughs> yeah. And since, and, since we already, and since we already did Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure cartoon, we've decided to do another excellent cartoon that makes you think of 69ing we're doing stripperella oh is it time yes we're doing stripperella for our episode 69 oh that's right and this very special episode of amazingly terrible will be hosted by mike yeah i did good once that's right buddy you did you did great buddy you did good multiple times i don't know what you're talking about yeah I actually got asked recently which which episodes to to get started on. Oh dear! And I sent oh, people yeah. all the way back to episode four, uh, which was I'm sorry, episode five, which was Muppet Babies, because I thought that was a pretty yeah, good one. That was a good one. Why are you ones watching Muppet Babies? <laughs> That's a long way back. I'm not sure I would allow a human to listen to those things. It was a pretty <laughs> long way back. But then I also said we did really good. We peaked with uh, Bump in the Night. I thought Bump in the Night was really, really? good. Really? <laughs> oh, boy. Okay, I'll go back and re-listen. I just got to boost wow. our numbers, you know? Yeah. But then I also said that we got a lot of good feedback from our audience, Dan, for, <laughs> for Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. We got one text. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, one text said it was good. And I don't think it was prompted either, so... So I should put people back to Gundam seat then, you think? I don't know. <laughs> I uh, When people ask me, I tell them not to listen to it. 
<laughs> yeah, I say I don't do a podcast. <laughs> like, listen to my friend's podcast. His name's Matt. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's my evil twin. But I did. I think I did mention to the person that we did have a lot of inside jokes kind of pop up in uh, Gigantor. So Gigantor hmm. was very generative for us. You know, like it yeah. was a, a gift that kept on giving. All I remember is Derek just always saying Gigantor just constantly through the entire episode. He's yeah. bigger than big. <laughs> He's stronger than strong. Taller than tall. Longer than dong. <laughs> <sighs> that's so dumb. <laughs> that's like that's like a joke at my level. No, Mike. I heard Don't demean ways. yourself that way. <laughs> Okay, so, so on a future episode of Amazingly Terrible, we'll be watching Stripperella, episode one. What the fuck is the name of the episode? Beauty and the Obese, part one. <laughs> oh, my. This is going to be such a bad episode, but, oh, you know, no. coming off of the coattails of Rickety Rocket. There is no part... Oh, the, wait, why is part two episode six? <laughs> one of those disjointed... Seen. Two parters. I've seen uh, number number one and number two is Beauty and the Obese. In the premiere episode, Stripperella must face off. Are you on are you Wikipedia? I'm on Wikipedia, yeah. Hey, I've got to stop using IMDb. Dr. Caesarian, a plastic surgeon who injects beautiful models oh, with that make them gain weight and become obese. The second episode is after discovering the villain responsible for turning several supermodels hideously fat, Stripperella learns that one of them has been booby trapped with a bomb disguised as a breast implant okay 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 we'll we need to watch bit. we need to watch two episodes so we watch two episodes okay. please yes. no god <laughs> i still want to this is why are you doing this to me <laughs> because your life's not hard enough matt why do i have Just to face all the past sins <laughs> Have you seen the show before? Karma. <laughs> hey, this might be this might be a banger. We don't know. I don't think any of us have seen this before. I this could be it's like true. I have revelation. not seen it, but my hopes are not high. Ooh, gadgets and gizmos. It's Glass Stan Lee's nipple. Stripperella. Nipple camera. Late career Stan Lee. Mid late career Stan Lee. Because this was two thousand three. This mm. is before. No, this is. I'll slap my name on anything. Period. On a future episode of Amazingly Terrible, we'll be watching Stripperella, episodes one and two, Beauty and the Obese. But next time on Amazingly Terrible, we'll be watching Legend of Zelda, episode four, Kiss and Tell. Oh, yeah. Oh, I'm excited. Don't worry, Matt. That was only 10 minutes. Uh, I bet it's going to be excruciating. I can't I'm wait. Sure it is. Oh, yeah. it's going to be amazing. <laughs> I remember that. I remember hating that show when we were kids. Wow. Me too. Like Me too. W- wanting to see it and then just being so sad. I I remember it being <laughs> like Me too. a. I don't know if it was this or if it was like a step above the like still animation with the live action lips superimposed over the mouth. <laughs> it wasn't that bad. It no. wasn't that bad. Okay, okay. I would have well, kind of loved that. Well, I'll, I'll, we'll find out. I'll find out like, since I am going to be summarizing that episode. So Just some, some blue lips. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like the light, the lighting is off from when they recorded the lips, so it doesn't even like match any of the skin tone. Yeah, yeah. 
the animation. Yeah. The the um the princess has a mustache. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that would be amazing. Keeps fading in and out. So for the amazingly terrible detective agency, I have been David. <laughs> I oh, also have been David. <laughs> I am Davidus. We've already done this bit before. I know. Yeah, <laughs> Even I recognize that. Okay, right. I'm I'm Mike. We've done this bit before too. Okay, I'm I'm Adam. Then that's we're we're all Derek. We are all Derek. All the way down. Yeah, we did that hearts. before. <laughs> okay, yes. we're all Dan. You know, in a way, we're all. Well, that that's exactly what we did before. That's exactly. <laughs> that was the first episode. Okay. <sighs> we should just stop making jokes. And we'll catch you. We'll catch you next week. It won't be a month before we record again. I promise you that. It'll be like two months. Yeah. Even though our record schedule has nothing to do with our release schedule. Amazingly Terrible is produced by David and Adam. Music by Josh Woodward. Send your email to monotonouslyterrific at amazinglyterrible.com. You guys do realize that it has been it has been about a month since we've actually podcasted. It has. It has been it a has. very long time. And uh gentle listeners, in that time, we saw each other in the meat space. We did. Yes. IRL. We as touched the used to say grass. We touched brass? Grass. Grass. Oh. We touched no, we touched ass. I, I don't that, think is that how I got buttworms? We pressed our butts <laughs> together. Yeah. <laughs> That we all got buttworms. Yeah, I don't think that's how it works. Yeah. No. What's yeah. uh are we wait, is this like are we shit brothers? <laughs> this is like Fred Brothers, works. Blood Brothers for morons. But no, but no, yes, we, we did yeah, meet in me, a real it, space at uh at Mike's place. So we got to see Mike's new abode. It was very nice. It's very lovely. It, it just made me think of uh a new sequel to to uh Human Caterpillar though. Oh god. It's, human centipede. Yeah, human centipede. <laughs> it's where you, it's where you put one in one in the wrong way. You sew them butt to butt and then mouth to mouth, and he has to it, reverse the poop out of his mouth. God, why do I do this? <laughs>